I have a, a 30 second video clip I want to show you. Uh, last week, uh, we had a number of children here in the service, and they were just excellently behaved. It was awesome seeing kids in the midst of us. And I made a comment about that during the sermon. But the week before, right after church, some of the children had gathered around the front, and they were having their own worship service. And uh, I, I uh, was fortunate enough, uh, I think uh, my daughter Amy had sent me this video clip, and I've asked Jade if he would just put it together, and if we could see it on the screen. You know, right around this country, there's been a, a, a tugging and a pulling and a, 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 a quandary about how much should we start to restart and get back into our old routines. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, we need to really start pushing forward again. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And uh, so there'll be a survey going out this week to all the parents of uh, the different age groups of children and uh, also to all of our workers. This survey will be coming from the whole pastoral team. We get together on Mondays and we discuss so many things that are happening in the church and things that need to happen. And uh, we're going to be sending out a survey very soon. We want to see how many workers we can start gathering up so that we can recommence the nursery and recommence uh, Kids Connect and other youth programs in the church because we just love having everyone here. And we especially, yeah, we especially love having the kids watch this video as it plays. I think it is awesome when children are passionate about singing and dancing and praising God. Amen. And uh, so moms and dads, uh, kids, whether you're here, whether you're watching through live stream, uh, this week you should be getting a survey from us and we'd love for you to fill that out and let us know where you're at. We want to really start pushing forward with our church services. We miss having our children, and we miss having you. Can I get an amen, church? Absolutely. All right. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> this morning I'm going to preach on uh, gender love, the gender love language. And last week I touched a little bit on the five love languages that all of us have, and we have in varying degree of priorities. How many of you uh, took the survey home and actually put yourself through the survey? Can I see your hands? 
All right, very good. I, I had a couple of parents uh, call me, and uh, they started talking to me about wanting to uh, do the test with their children as well, and they've purchased uh, the five love languages for children. And I was so excited. I thought, man, that's great. People are listening to the Word, and they understand the importance. What is the importance of love language? I can love you with all my heart. But if I don't love you through your love language, all you'll hear is quack, 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 quack. And it's so important in relationships, not just husband and wife, but parents together with their children, and even with one another. Learn each other's love languages. Learn all five love languages. In fact, You know, it's great to be bilingual. I would go as far as to say it would be awesome to be multilingual, and that is learn how to operate in all five love languages. The Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might win some. And I think it would be an awesome thing. You know, this whole series, starting from the spirit of offense the key spirit behind offense being rejection. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on this. Love God passionately with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Love yourself, self-respect. Love yourself and love others as you love yourself. And it culminates tremendously in us learning how not to give offense by default. Sometimes we give the offense never intending it. Never intending. Love is measured by sacrifice. I asked you last week, how much does God love us? And I answered with, God so loved the world that he gave. God measures love by sacrifice. And you can love the people around you conveniently out of what just your natural expression but if it's not their natural expression of love it's really not the highest or the purest form of love I want to love you in a way that you know I love you I want you to love me in a way that I know I'm loved I want you to be able to shut the door on rejection. Come on, shut the door of rejection on your children. Shut the door of rejection on your your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife. Shut the door of rejection. You want to tell the devil to shut up? Shut the door of rejection and learn the languages of love so that we can be examples of how to love successfully in a world and a generation that Jesus said would become and is becoming lovers of themselves. We want to learn and how to express love to each other effectively. Can I get an agreement? Yeah. All right, praise God. Well, I, I started a share last week and never got to finish the sermon, so I never got to these last few points, uh, how there is a thing called gender love. And uh, having conducted a lot of marriage counseling with uh, notable success, number of families that have just gone on to power on on the verge of divorce, 
and God restored their marriages, and now they are successfully raising their homes, their families, along Christian principles. And uh, what was amazing to me was for a period of about four years, I encountered the same thing over and over again. And the wife would be absolutely sincere, totally honest, and in distress that her husband unequivocally did not love her. And every time the guy would be agitated, and the guy would say, Pastor Rob, please believe me, what she's saying is not true. I absolutely love her. She doesn't love me. And it, it became so obvious, it was so common, it happened all the time, that I literally started to pray, God, give me the spirit of discernment so I would know who's lying. <laughs> and as I started to pray and fast, God showed me neither. Every time couples came before me and they shared this, neither was lying. And he showed me a key hidden in scriptures. I, I honestly believe, I emphatically believe, the Word of God is the book of life. It has the answer to everything. And don't expect to pull gems out by casually reading the Word of God. Hunger and thirst. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to put something on you. If you really put value in God's Word, then why don't you on a regular basis set aside a time to fast and pray for no other reason so that when you open the Word, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, will come and illuminate your mind and bring revelation to you. Amen. Love is expressed through sacrifice. Would you sacrifice a day's worth of food and get with God and say, God, I am so hungry for you. I know there is such power in your word. Next week, Thursday, I'm going to fast all day. God, and I'm going to do this on a regular basis because I want to go deeper in the word of God. Listen to me. I don't think anybody here will disagree. The signs of the times are becoming more and more evident. The craziness in the world is ramping up. Church, I believe with all of my heart, we're in the last of the last days. And what that means is you and I need to let these roots, the roots of our faith, go deeper and deeper and deeper. Can I get an agreement? Amen. And so I'm going to share with you what God showed me. Uh, and we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Verse 25 and I'm actually starting halfway through the subject that Paul is penning here in this scripture. But that's okay. I'm going to address uh, how a woman wants to be loved first, even though Paul starts with verse 21 and verse 22. Uh, we're going to start with verse 25, and then we're going to backtrack. Okay? Women first. And all the ladies said, Amen. Preach it, Pastor Rob. <laughs> All right, <laughs> good preaching. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 28. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water 
through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. I'm going to start with that first line. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church. That is a sacrificial form of love. And if you're, in, in, uh, if you're married or hope to be married, then I hope you're going to take notes. And uh, the Word of God here is telling us something very, very pertinent. In fact, God is actually revealing something that is hidden, and He's, uh, he's revealing it to those who are hungry enough to dig it out. He said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And if you love her this way, it'll make her holy. It'll cleanse her with the washing of the word. It will cause her to be radiant. It'll cause her to be without stain or wrinkle in your eye. Hey, listen, God loves the church. Does he love you? Turn to somebody next to you and say, God loves you. He loved you enough to die for you. Go on, say it. He loved you enough to die for you. And he loves you enough to live with you. Sometimes that can be a taller order. <laughs> Husbands, love your wife the way Christ loves the church. How did Jesus love the church? He died for her. He made an ultimate sacrifice for her. And I see in this passage of Scripture, while I said we're going to start halfway through, if we were to go back to the top, we're going to see that Paul tells women to love their husbands in a different manner than how he tells husbands to love their wives. Did I say that right? He tells women to love their husbands in a different manner than how he tells husbands to love their wives. And one day this just jumped off the page. And I said, God, why, why are you telling men to love their wives one way and you're telling women to love their husbands a different way? And God said very clearly to me, the Holy Spirit said, they speak two different love languages. This is called gender love language. You see, <clears throat> if we were to talk about the female love language, it what a woman identifies as love is different than what a man identifies as love. A woman's definition of love is protect me. Let me feel safe. Let me know that you're going to guard me. You see, most guys hear that and they interpret it to mean protect her physically or monetarily. But I'm going to tell you right now that Physical protection and monetary protection are very low on most women's list of love priorities. Women, would that be true? Okay? When a woman wants to be loved, she wants to first be loved spiritually. She wants a man who is going to love God passionately and lead her and guide her and be a spiritual support to her. If, if this woman... Well, and I'm talking to women that are born again, okay? 
And women that are born again want a husband who will be a man of God, who will be passionate after God and have a love for the word. That makes her feel safe. That makes her feel protected. When she knows that her man is is hungry for God, loves God, and he honors the word of God, she knows that she's going to be in a much safer place. How many women would agree with that? Absolutely. And you see, everything goes back to the fall. Because in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it's just God and Adam in the garden. And God says to Adam, you could eat of all the trees in this garden. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In verse 18, it says, chapter 2, verse 18, and God saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So the instruction God had just given Adam was before he had even created Eve from his side. Adam was given important instructions. God then goes and forms a woman out of his side and we see in chapter 3 that when the temptation took place, Lucifer in the form of a serpent didn't come to Adam, he came to Eve. You see, divine order is a very important thing. Divine order is this, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, we, we love the Father, we love the Word, and we love the Holy Spirit. And then order continues to follow. Lucifer came and challenged the Word of God. He challenged the Word of God. The Word of God has got to be a priority in your life. Absolutely. I'm going to make a side note here. I'm going to deviate just for a moment. Most of us vote politically based on our own cultural experience and our own cultural upbringing. And I'm going to tell you that everyone who is a born-again Christian needs to rethink how they vote and how they evaluate political issues. Because there is only one way to vote, and that is according to the principles of God's Word. Don't talk to me about Republican or Democrat. Talk to me about where each representative stands on moral issues in the Word of God. Okay, because look, look, you know, we're blessed, we have a democracy, but if in the last days there will be an increase of lawlessness, that tells me that there's going to come a tipping point where the majority is going to be lawless and they're going to be passing laws. We, we, we take such confidence and solace in the fact that we're a democratic nation, but the reality is if we're living in the last days, then the majority is becoming more and more lawless, and they are going to establish laws and precedents in this nation that is contrary to your faith, contrary to the Word of God, and contrary to the good of all mankind. And we need to stop thinking about who my father voted for, who my mother voted for, what party best suits my demographics or my cultural upbringing. 
We need to weigh every politician according to the Word of God and vote according to God's Word. And I'm going to be very blunt with you today. When we don't, we're out of divine order. When we vote by party only, we are out of divine order because the Word of God is above everything. I love my father. I love my mother. I love the culture I grew up in. But I have systematically repealed everything that I have ever learned that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Whether it came from my dad who was a good man or it came from my mother who was a good woman, I have learned to evaluate everything based on what the Word of God says because anything other than the Word of God is part of the knowledge of evil. God gave a word to Adam and it was Adam's responsibility to make sure that his wife, who was created after this word was given, that she understood and she knew. And in chapter 3, when the enemy came, he didn't come to Adam, who was made the head of the family unit. He came to Eve. And the sad thing about this story is that the whole time Lucifer was talking to Eve, Adam stood right next to her and never interjected. Adam was not being the spiritual leader that he should have been. And so I'm going to say to every man in this house, whether you have a daughter or a son, whether you're married right now or you're not, or you hope to be married one day, you have no excuse for not being a spiritual leader in your home. And the moment you're not a spiritual leader, the moment you have not decided to be the example and set the example, you are already out of divine order. That means disorder has a much easier opportunity to come into your home. I want everyone to love me. But I want to be right before God more than I want you to love me. Guys, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm trying to lift you up. Because you have a destiny, you have a purpose, you have a place. And don't let the enemy sabotage your spiritual destiny by making you think that men just aren't as spiritual as women. You need to stand up. You need to be a spiritual leader. Don't let it be that your wife is always the one who's saying, come on, we need to go to church. Come on, we need to get ready. Thank God for godly women. Ladies, I love you. But men, this issue is a curse that has been following mankind ever since the fall in the garden. And Jesus Christ has come to set us free from the fall, free from the curse, but you need to stand up and appropriate everything that Jesus has done for you and rise up and start digging into the Word of God and become a man of God so that you can bring divine order back into your home. Now, ladies, I don't want you to respond. I want to hear from the men. Can I get an amen? 
Come on. Absolutely. Adam was negligent. He should have stopped that devil and said, stop messing with my wife. You don't talk to her. You got an issue, you talk to me. You want to badmouth my father, my creator? You want me to obey your word over the word of God? Come on, men. We need to rise up. The world is going to hell in a, ba uh, in a, in a basket. It is going to hell in a hurry, and you and I have abdicated our position for too long. Men need to be in the prayer meetings. Men need to be leading in worship together with the women. I, listen, the things I am saying is not, I am not saying men need to be spiritual leaders and women need to take a back seat. Not at all. In Christ, there is neither male nor female. I am speaking to the void in, in mankind amongst men that not enough men are rising up and being who they're called to be. And for a woman to feel safe, if her love language is feeling protected and feeling safe, then men, the best thing you can do for your daughters and the best thing you can do for your wife and the best thing you can do for society and the best thing you can do for the kingdom of God is to own up and stand up to what God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. Be a man of God. Be a man of valor. Be a man of courage. Be a man of the word. And all the men said, among saved women, the number one thing they want is to see their husband be a spiritual leader. It makes them feel safe. Women, am I telling the truth? Absolutely. Well, yeah, why don't you do that? Let's hear it on the clap meter. <laughs> Give me a clap. There you go. All right. The second thing where women want to feel protected. Again, I said that when a man hears that a woman's love language is to feel safe or to feel protected, we as men immediately think if anyone ever says a word out of order to my wife, I'll take him down. I'll protect her. Or, you know, I'll provide for her. I'll put a roof over her head. While those are important, they're actually right at the bottom of the list. And uh, publicly, here I am, live streaming, across the United States and who only God knows where else. But at the end of this list, I'm going to ask the women if the list and the priorities that I've marked out, if they're correct or not. So I'm either going to uh, be validated or I'm going to take a massive nosedive at the end of this sermon. But I've done this so many times in counseling, I know where this is already going to go. The second area that a woman wants to feel safe is mentally. She wants to know that her opinions and her thoughts are important to you. She wants to know that she's not going to be seen as an idiot or stupid, that her opinions have value in your eyesight. She wants to know that mentally you welcome her contribution and her input. In fact, let me point something out. If we were to go back from verse 25 and read verse 21... This whole passage of Scripture starts with a sentence that is very rarely ever included. 
It starts verse 21 with this. Submit therefore one to another. You know what that means? Let there be give and take. Prefer each other. Ask each other. How does this affect you? What is your perspective? How does this make you feel? And when the decisions we make equally concern the other person, and it equally concerns their perspective, not what we think their perspective should be. When it is a decision that is inclusive of each other's feelings and position, that is a decision that already is founded and secure in the bedrock of agreement. There's power in agreement. Men, you want to be a good leader? You want to have power? Then invite your wife to share her feelings, her thoughts, her opinion. Women want to feel protected mentally. They gen ask them genuinely what they think and put value on it. Thirdly, women want to feel protected emotionally. Thank God women are different than us. They look different. They're shaped different. I love all the differences, don't you? And they're different when it comes to emotion. And as guys, we could crack jokes, we could roll our eyes. But it's so important that your young daughter sees you love your wife even when she's emotionally different than you are. And it is very important that you set the standard for your son and he sees you love your wife when she's emotionally different than you are. You see, love is measured by sacrifice. And when a woman feels that emotionally she's going to be protected and loved, she feels safe. And the more she feels safe, the more she feels loved. You see, because women are wired differently than us, and because at times they... They make decisions based sometimes a little bit more out of intuition, a little bit more out of I sense, I feel. We as guys want to catalog everything logically. And we have to let them know that we value and appreciate their intuition. That we appreciate that sometimes they just feel things and they have this ability to be accurate. Now all the women can give me an amen. All right. But, you know, at times, even through the, the cycles of life, as a woman goes through a moment or a period of being more emotional and she doesn't even, at times, know why she's feeling so vulnerable or emotional, we as men need to be able to just put our arm around them and say, it's okay. Whether I understand or not, I love you. And it's okay. If we have to find an answer for every time they're emotional and they don't know why they're emotional, we are, in a very subtle way, implying they're broken and we're going to fix you. 
But sometimes we need to just be able to accept them in the emotional state that they are in and hug them with no great counsel, no great words of wisdom, just the comfort of an arm that comes around them and says, hey, it's going to be okay. I love you. This is all right. Women, am I telling the truth? To feel protected emotionally, very, very important. To feel protected sexually is very important too. You know, when it comes to this arena, uh, you know, the, the female gender has really been exploited, even to the point of just advertising. Sex cells or sexy cells. And every woman has to, in their own subconscious mind, try to step up to the image that is portrayed on TV, in the movies, and in the ads, and all of the marketing. And guys, when you're driving in the car, and your wife is alongside you, and period, when you're driving in the car, and some young lady is jogging down the road, your wife doesn't want to see you do this. She wants to feel protected. If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, her beauty better be in your eye. <laughs> or you won't see out of that eye for very long. <laughs> Sexually, is this okay for you? Being concerned about how your partner feels in every aspect of that part of the relationship. Not comparing your wife to other women, but accepting her and loving her for who she is and how she is. Feeling safe sexually. Not comparing your wife with the models on TV or even her best friend. Why can't you be more like so-and-so? A comparison is a quick way to destroy a person's self-confidence and to destroy any sense of assurance of love. Relationship will start to fray very, very quickly under the eye of comparison. Can I get an amen from everyone? And then about fifth and sixth, we have physically and then monetarily. So ladies, I want you to tell me how I'm doing here today. Women, you feel safe when your husband loves you or you feel safe and protected. First of all, let's do this. Women, would you agree that your definition of love is being made to feel safe and protected? Let me hear you clap if that's correct. Women, do you feel safe and protected when your husband is being a spiritual giant in the house? Amen. Women, do you feel safe and protected? Do you feel loved when your husband wants to know what you think and he puts value on your response? Amen. Women, do you feel safe and protected when your husband protects your emotions? When you feel silly and you don't know why you're so emotional and you think, you know, this is ridiculous and you feel so inept, but he just comes along and hugs you and he's not trying to fix you. How many of you feel safe in that environment? 
So overall, I've put physical protection and monetary protection, number five and number six. Now, overall, how many women here agree that physical protection and monetary protection are way down the bottom of the list? Can I hear? Absolutely. In Ephesians 5.21, which I alluded to just a few moments ago, this is what Paul says, submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're going to read how women need to submit to their husbands, and I'm going to explain that and explain what a man's definition is of love. But even before Paul says, women, wives, submit to your husbands, he starts categorically in verse 21 by saying, submit one to another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. If we were to be quite blunt, Joe, you are the bride of Christ. And so is your wife. And every man plays a role as the bride of Christ, just like every woman plays the role as the bride of Christ. And when a husband can't submit to a wife and a wife can't submit to a husband, then the bride of Christ is in conflict. And out of reverence to Christ, we honor each other and we submit to each other and we welcome each other's opinions and we value each other's thoughts and we protect one another. Can I get an agreement? Oh, that was pretty weak. I said, can I get an agreement? You know what's interesting? The word submit in the Greek is hupatasso. Hupatasso. And it talks about rank. It talks about order. It talks about obeying. It talks about being subject to, being in submission. But what's very, very interesting is that if you take the word hupo and the word tasso, uh, hupo means to be under, and tasso means to be in arrangement, to be in order, under God's arrangement. And if we were to read that in the Helps Word Studies uh, book, you would see that submission is actually divine order. Being under God's divine arrangement. So, much, so many times we have disorder in our lives because we have not rightly identified the principles of God's divine order. If you want to escape disorder, come back into the, the divine order of God's Word and you will find peace. You will find harmony and you will find that the enemy doesn't have a foothold to bring manipulation and conflict. I made a statement. They're going to put it up on the screen. There is a divine order to everything. And everything will always be out of order and in disorder until we submit to God's divine order. I'm going to read that again. There is a divine order to everything. What's gone wrong with the world is that we are out of divine order. You know, an example I often use 
in church and even in Bible school, and I go through this here subject very profoundly and deeply in Bible school. I, I always say the two major issues that come up in a church are people not understanding God's divine order, and secondly, the spirit of offense. These are the two most common areas where conflict breaks out within the church of Jesus Christ. But there is a divine order to everything, and everything will always be out of order and in disorder until we submit to God's divine order. And so verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you would to the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting? He said, husbands, love your wife the way Christ loves the church. Make the sacrifice. Surrender yourself. Protect her. Protect her. Make her feel safe. But then he says to the wife, now love your husband as you do Christ. Two different ways of loving because he's addressing two different needs of love. A man has a very different love language than a woman. And to a man, his love language is respect me. Trust me. Obey me. How many men here would agree that you would feel loved if you felt respected and trusted? Put your hands together or shout or do something. Absolutely. The reason why Paul uses two different modes of loving, one for the male and one for the female, is because we speak two different languages when it comes to love. A woman will feel loved when she feels protected, when she feels safe, starting with spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and right on down the list. But a man feels loved when he is respected, when he's trusted. And I dare say this year that when we as men learn to make our significant other feel safe, they will find it very easy to respect us and to trust us. Amen. Amen. God identifies this principle, not only in Ephesians. In John chapter 14, verse 28, Jesus made this statement. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, obey me. If you love me, trust me. If you love me, respect what I say. Make it a priority. Now, I'm saying this universally right across the church, unilaterally. If you say you love Jesus, last week I told you that God measures love by sacrifice. But right here we also see that God measures love by obedience. If you love the Lord, if you love Jesus, you're going to do everything within your power to take everything that's in your life and line it up and make it compliant with the Word of God. And if, you're, if you can't make that kind of a sacrifice, one is going to seriously question how deep your love and your commitment to the Lord really goes. You see, I didn't set up this parameter. The Word of God sets it up. God measures love by sacrifice. 
God's kind of love is never convenient. So when things get inconvenient, God doesn't stop loving us because His love is based in sacrifice. We love people while it's convenient. And when they get ugly and they get angry or they get offensive, our love quickly starts to deteriorate. God's love starts from a place of sacrifice. It's not about a chemical reaction. It's not about a mental fit. It's about making a choice that you're going to love and sacrifice goes hand in hand with it. And the other parameter that God sets up for love, the purest kind of love, is love obeys. God identifies that. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Obey the things I've teached. Obey the word. I am the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And nothing that was created was created without Him. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And He was the light of the world. Jesus says, if you love me, obey me. Obey my commands. Pretty powerful, isn't it? I thought it was. You're thinking about it. Look. We have cheapened the gospel. The gospel isn't cheap. It cost the blood of Jesus Christ. The gospel isn't cheap. That God will freely accept anyone. For God so loved the whole world. He made a phenomenal sacrifice. But let me tell you something. If you're going to be counted among the sheep and not among the goats, if you're going to be counted as wheat and not tares, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. God the Father wants to be respected. God the Father wants to be trusted. God the Father wants to be listened to. Can I get an amen? amen. And lastly, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, Peter throws his weight in and he makes a comment under the Holy Spirit. And he says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, the word of God, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. And when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. That helps. But Peter makes it very clear. Don't rely on that completely. Okay? We live in a world where all the emphasis is around appearance. You, you just think of how many items are on the market that are sold to affect your appearance, whether it's clothing, styling, uh, hair coloring, whether it's uh, getting a, your hair done, whether it's makeup, whatever it is. We put so much attention on appearance, and Peter says your beauty should not come from outward adornment. It helps. 
But that should not be the, the origin of your beauty. Listen to me. You could pay a million dollars to look beautiful on the outside. But if you're ugly on the inside, you're just ugly. And I'm saying this to everyone, not just women, so don't anyone get offended. And if you got offended, let's go back to the first sermon in the series. All right? True beauty is, comes from the inside. Hey. And so when we fashion our lives to really come into compliance with God's Word, it starts making us very beautiful. It changes us. It tells us that we don't have a right to a hissy fit or throwing a tantrum. It tells us that we need to pull ourselves into line, alignment and into order. And the more we comply with the Word of God, the more we look like God, we smell like God, we talk like God, we act like God, and the more beautiful we become. Men and women, can I get an agreement? Absolutely. So he says, you can win your husband without preaching to him. By the submission of your lives, by the reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment. It shouldn't be the origin of what makes you beautiful, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Wow. Women speak a different love language than men. And men speak a different love language than women. And what I often find is that a woman will try to love a man based on her gender love language. A woman tries to protect her husband, and her husband interprets it as nagging. Just like the five love languages, you will love other people out of your love language, but they won't feel loved. And so many times a woman will try to take care of her husband, protect him, and she'll repeat things over and over again so that he stays safe. And a guy, it will irritate a guy and he'll feel like it's nagging. And too often men will love a woman out of a man's love language. And we need to just make them feel safe, make them feel protected, and make them feel valued. Can I get an agreement here this morning? Amen. Come on, I'm going to ask you to stand. The spirit of offense is a very real thing. What causes love to be lost in a relationship that started on a honeymoon? Are the hurts, the wounds, the disappointments, the fractures of the soul, the fractured heart, the offenses that take place? And little by little by little, we stop feeling loved and we stop respecting. You and I cannot escape the topic of love and relationship 
Because everything in God's word is about respecting each other, loving each other, and giving uh, priority to one another. While ever I'm the pastor of this church, I will not tolerate prejudice of any sort. Whether it's color, or it's got to do with education, or it's got to do with money. It's diabolical. It's wrong. The spirit of offense thrives on stuff like this. Without Jesus, we're all sinners. And we're all, we'll all go to the same hell. But what Jesus Christ, every one of us are seated in heavenly places. Every one of us are right there side by side with Jesus Christ. Every one of us are given equal footing and equal place. Out of reverence to Christ, submit to one another. Because when this husband doesn't submit to this wife and this wife doesn't submit to this husband, the bride of Christ is in conflict. And out of respect to him, we submit one to another. That's what the Word of God says. Didn't I just read that? Verse 21, Ephesians chapter 5. And you know what? Brother can submit to brother. And likewise. It's important to me what Roger's thinking. It's important to me how Roger feels. It's important to me that this guy always knows that I love him. Not because he's black, because he's my brother in Jesus Christ. If we don't care what somebody else thinks, we're just not caring. Everything about our lives must come into compliance with the Word of God. With all due respect to your heritage, with all due respect to your culture, with all due respect to your mother and to your father, Jesus said, anybody who loves their mother or father more than me isn't worthy of me. And when their culture trumps what the Word of God says, you've put the Word of God out of its divine order, the place of order, and you've made it secondary to your culture. And wherever you break disorder, wherever you break divine order, you will have disorder. And where you have disorder, you will have confusion. These are basic principles of the Word of God. If we're going to live happy lives full of the Holy Ghost and joy in the middle of a world that's falling apart, the one thing we must strive to do is to come into agreement with God's Word and learn to live in relationship with one another the way the Word of God tells us to live in relationship with one another. Nation against nation. Is this country and this leadership taking offense at this country and this leadership? And divorce, marital issues, and sons and daughters in rebellion to parents, all of these offenses come because we have not 
exercised the Christian art of loving each other. You know, Jesus said in one of his parting conversations, he said, if you love one another, that's how people will know that you really are my disciples. That tells me that relationship must be a priority to anyone who says he's a follower of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. How you live does matter. How we live determines how deep our love for him really goes. Can I get an agreement? With every eye closed, yep. That's all right. I sprung it on you. But with every eye closed, friend, God is all-inclusive. And He will accept anyone who is willing to let Him into their hearts. And if you're watching by live stream this morning or watching via YouTube or you're here in this room, listen, it's not about going to church. It's coming into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Step one, acknowledge that you need a relationship with Him. Step two, acknowledge, be honest, you've made mistakes just like the preachers made mistakes. We've sinned. We're fallen. And step three, ask Jesus to come into your heart and to live inside of you. Ask for a relationship. Not just, oh, take away my sins so I don't feel guilty. No, relationship. Asking Jesus in your heart is not about getting your conscience fixed. Asking Jesus into your heart is about relationship. Lifetime. Amen. While every eye is closed, <coughs> while every eye is closed over the social media network and here in this building, if you have never asked Jesus to build relationship with you, if you've never asked him to come into your heart and into your life, and you want to do that right now, quickly raise your hand. That's right. At home. Say yes. Come on. Say yes. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Relationship starts with communication. And prayer is just another form of communication. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray with me. And if you, especially you, have just decided, yes, you want a relationship with Jesus Christ beyond religion, Religion won't cut it. Religion often messes it up. If you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, then as you pray, let this be the sincere cry of your heart. Everyone, here we go. Dear God, I know you love me, and I want to love you. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Live with me. Live in me and live through me. I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. 
Lead me. Take me by the hand. Guide me. I want this relationship. And Father, I thank you that you loved me enough to clothe yourself in humanity, to die on that cross, to set me free. And I receive the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for everyone who's just made that decision. God bless you. Father, I thank you. I commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I know it's a long weekend. I pray God's blessing and protection over you. I pray that if you travel or if you just go one mile down the road to visit family or friend, I pray that the Holy Spirit will be with you and God's angels will keep you safe. Father, in Jesus' name, if they're on the highways, if they're traveling by air, wherever they are, keep them safe and protected and bless their relationships as they start to bring their lives into conformity with your word. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great long weekend. Amen.